can check us out on all major podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Check out our social media on Instagram at Menovation and Facebook at Menovation Podcast. Episode 70 of Menovation. Yes, we did record episode 70 in a different way with a different topic, but I didn't want to release it because I don't think it had great value for the audience. It was just Ben and I rambling. So instead, what we're going to do is we are going to interview my wife's uh, grandfather. He is 89 years old and he has lived just an incredible life, um, has a great family, uh, ran a successful small business for many years, had a wonderful marriage, had a blended family. He's kind of done it all, seen it all. Um, and his joy for life is infectious and he's just a joy to be around. So buckle up, man. I thought that his life would add value to ours. Um, pay close attention. This is a man who lived a life well. So, and as we all know, we need many more men uh, speaking into younger generations and passing on the wisdom and the knowledge that they carry because it's so important um, for us then to do the same thing for our kids and men in our community. So, uh, so here we go. Sure. Harold, thank you for joining us today. So um, we thought it'd be a great idea if Harold uh, just kind of goes in and do you want to go by Harold or Hank? Who calls you Hank? That was a nickname I uh, picked up in uh, high school. It was there was one one uh, one of my good friends started the the Hank business and it, yeah. it kind of carried on and, <laughs> and it's kind of what I go by now. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like where I work and so forth. As everybody knows me as Hank, and uh, in fact, a good friend stopped into the the store the other day to to see me and. Yeah. Uh, he asked one of the employees if uh, Harold was in. <laughs> he said, we don't have a Harold here. <laughs> we don't have a Harold. We have a Hank. Yeah. I love so it. So it just got, but a kid from high school started calling me that, and it just kind of carried forth. Okay. And it's kind of a fun name. So since we don't know who Harold is, we'll call you Hank. Yeah. <laughs> I answer to either. So why don't you just start at the beginning? We, we kind of talked uh, earlier. And we wanted to, because uh, you were born in 1934. 1934. So uh, the depression had already been going on. It's probably starting to slow down a little bit leading into World War II. So uh, we're just going to start at the beginning. Um, tell us about where you were born, just and how you grew up. Well, I was born in Roseville, California, which is uh, about 15 miles from Sacramento. And... Mm -hmm. um, my dad was a railroad man. He was a machinist in the old days on, on the steam engines, actually. And then when they converted into uh, the diesel, uh, he, he converted and, and uh, he became a diesel mechanic and okay. worked, worked for Southern Pacific Railroad for his whole life until he retired. And uh, our house was where I was born at home and... Uh, which was just about uh, two blocks from the railroad yards where my dad, <laughs> just down the street, but uh, great parents, big family. My dad's beginnings were kind of tough. He was uh, born out of wedlock 
and uh, his mom uh, died young. He never really knew her. Uh, he spent a lot of time searching for who who his dad was, and he finally did find the man in the uh, state of Washington. But uh, he found this out when he was a fairly young man, and he sent sent the man a, uh, I don't know how he found out, but he sent a valentine to him. Hmm. And the guy did not want to talk to him at all. He yeah. didn't want to disrupt his own life. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so he never really knew his mom. She, I, I, I can still see the picture of her. But uh, he was a great father, a great father. He was. He really appreciated his family, mm. and uh, he was always there for not only his family. He was one of those guys who was there for anybody or everybody that needed help. My dad would never pass a car that stalled off the side of the road without stopping to see if he could help him out. Yeah. And he understood all that stuff. And uh, so, how old was he when you were born? I'm not sure. He, but he obviously missed World War One. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, great father, great mom. Uh, he was all the things that a father should be that he didn't have. And yeah, he was just a gracious man. He was always doing something for somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember Sunday mornings a lot of times uh, when I was growing up. Of course, we lived out in the country, and my grandpa lived out in the area. And my dad only had one day a week off. He worked, you know, six days a week in those years. And get me in the car, and we'd head over to grandpa's house, and he'd go over to see what he could do to help him yeah. on Sunday and work in his orchard and do whatever. But he was uh, a great man. He was uh, a lot of humor. And um, hard worker, good provider. Yeah. Yeah. How many uh, brothers and sisters did you have? Just one. Just, just one. one sister. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She was older. Yeah, I remember when I started high school, uh, I started out being uh, Margie's little brother. That's... <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody wants, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. But uh, it was a country high school. It was out in... Uh, out in the woods, so to speak, but uh, great upbringing. And, and my, uh, uh, we lived in, uh, we moved to Orangevale, which was out just out of Sacramento. And uh, my dad bought uh, 10 acres of, of land. It was uh, rolling hills of, in Orangevale, California. And uh, it had uh, six, six acres of olive trees. Mm. And uh, about four acres of uh, fruit trees, and uh, Mom had a always had a huge garden. We were self-sufficient, so to speak, and grew up with uh, cows and pigs and chickens and the yeah. whole business, <laughs> and uh, uh, pretty much self-sufficient, you know. Yeah, and this was in the forties. Yeah, uh, yep. yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, and. Uh, Great upbringing, lots of aunts and uncles, and mom was from a family of uh, nine. I was the first boy that was born into the family, and my uncles always chided my dad for being so lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny, because you had all girls. All girls, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, I've I've had a great life. I've uh, lots of opportunity, and uh, 
uh, very supportive parents, supportive big family. And there's just a lot of merit in that, having so many cousins and aunts and uncles and very tight-knit. Yeah. Uh, it seems like that's becoming more and more rare today, just big families. and It is. Yeah. It is. It's, it's hard for people if uh, what we had is what we produced, so that made it easier as far as living expense, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a homemade stuff and... <laughs> Fresh out of the garden, and yeah, you needed uh, you needed all the kids to work the farm, yeah. So and do stuff around the house and and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. Great, so, great upbringing. So how long did you live in that area of California? Most of my life, and until I went to college. One of my good friends was well. I had two two friends that were. Uh, I I was always from the country. These guys teased me, and they were from the town and country area. Was where Sally was was born, and it was a more of a high income area. So they used to kid me about being, you know, a country boy and Indian country. In fact, uh, they teased me a lot about being from the Indian country. But really, yeah, was it just like just in jest? Just in jest because I lived out in the. Total different lifestyle than totally. they had. Yeah. You know? I mean, the 40s, that's, yeah. yeah. What, what college did you go to? University of Utah. Oh, okay. That's what brought me to Utah. So uh, let me get this right. The Utah boys were teasing you about being from the country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At that time, Utah was tiny. Yeah. In comparison now, yeah, so. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, I had a lot of good friends. And uh, the move to Utah, when I made that decision, of course, I... Uh, I came first to go to college because one of my friends had decided he wanted to be a pharmacist, and, and I thought that sounded interesting. And so we actually came together. Of course, we were both married at that time, and we didn't see much of each other except in the classroom. His dad was uh, well-to-do. He was lieutenant colonel in the career, and my dad was a machinist, you know, there nothing in common at all. Mm. But uh, but the more Jerry talked about wanting to go to pharmacy school, it, that intrigued me, and that's eventually what caused me to to make the decision to come when I was applied and was accepted, and we both came together and uh, both married and so forth. But we didn't have much to do with each other in college because he was he didn't have to work. Oh yeah. Money was coming from home all the time. And, of course, I was either in class or I had a job. You had a job. Uh, so uh, what, about what age did you get married? I was uh, 18. 18? Yeah. And then how soon after that did you have your first child? Uh, soon. Yeah. Yeah. Jeannie was uh, born while we were in college. Yeah. She was our first. And uh, Utah was tough for Sally because she was used to a different lifestyle and of course all of a sudden we're in a area where she doesn't know anybody and didn't have the family support and all of that and of course we had Jeannie and uh, so Utah wasn't a good experience for Sally but I was so busy I didn't have I was you were just trying to keep the lights on yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, so when you moved to Utah you weren't LDS you I, weren't you I, weren't I was never LDS yeah okay was Sally LDS when she moved here? No. No. Okay. No, we were we were Christian gotcha. okay. based, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I have an LDS background. My grandpa was, my mom's dad was a very staunch LDS. Naturally, a lot of the, the kids, their kids mm -hmm. were, were LDS. My mom never really took yeah, to it wasn't her thing. too much. And yeah. So we belonged to a little Christian church. And so when you, uh, um, so you're getting, so you came to Utah, you're working, you have basically a wife, you have a young baby shortly after. What was that like? Uh, what like what was the well it, the drive? It, it was it was a tough time it was uh, it was tough on both of us for different reasons uh, of course I was uh, full-time college and uh, you know four-year course and uh, and I had to work it's interesting when we when we moved to Utah to go to college uh, my mom and dad followed us over in their car and bring all of our stuff over and out on the salt flats, I got a flat tire. I had a, I had a Super 88 Oldsmobile. It was just a classic car. My brother-in-law had had bought it new, and then when he bought a new car, uh, I bought it from him, and it was just a sleek car. It was one of the fastest <laughs> on the road. At the time, it was kind of dumb, but the only car from a standing start that could match it was the old Hudson Hornet. <laughs> My brother-in-law was uh, loved cars, so when he sold it, I bought it from him, and that's why we went on our honeymoon in that car. But anyway, coming into Salt Lake, uh, got a flat tire on the salt flats, and my dad helped me ch change the tire, and then we came in South Temple and, and turned right, and uh, right at Temple Square, and went down to the end of the block, and there was an old Utoko service station, outdoor service station. Well, I mean, it, it had an outdoor lube rack. And <laughs> anyway, we pulled in there to get my tire fixed. And it was called Eddington Brothers. And um, there were two old gentlemen that ran this thing. And they had a little hut that had the heater in it and the cash register. And everything else was outside. They're fixing the tire, questioning me why we were here. And I said, well, yeah. Came here to go to college, and uh, they asked if I was going to work in, in Utah and asked me all these questions. And I told them I'd worked all through high school in a service station. And they said, we're looking for somebody to work for us. And well, there I you said, go. I've got, a, <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a recommend from the oil company that serviced the, the station that, that I worked in in yeah. California. And they... They hired me right on the spot before we even got my tire fixed. <laughs> the only problem with it was all outdoors. Oh, yeah. Very different than California, I'm sure. Oh, boy. Yeah. And I had <laughs> a lot of short sleeve shirts and windbreaker, and it didn't fit too well. About froze my butt off. Yeah, so you froze for a little bit. Yeah. You had to work harder, so you were stayed warmer. Yeah, yeah. but uh, anyway, then we went through the process of trying to find a place to live, and if Coming from California and then come into the environment in Salt Lake, as far as directions, it, it was just just a nightmare. We didn't know where we were going. For anybody that doesn't know, Salt Lake uh, and all of, I guess, the the state is built on a grid system. Yep. So it's got, uh, it goes by north, south, east, west, and the, the entire state is built that way. So coming from California or wherever that's got named streets, it's very confusing at yeah. first. Yeah. I actually like it better, you know, once you start getting well, it, it is, yeah. It, so. Once you get on to it, yeah. But if you're new to it, you wonder, you don't know where you're going. 
<laughs> what is happening here? Anyway, we uh, found a little uh, apartment. It was called the Ritz. It was just up the street from the uh, gas station. And it's really kind of a misnomer because it wasn't the Ritz. <laughs> it, it False was, advertising? It was uh, an old, old building. and, and uh, But uh, we... We rented a room, uh, just, you know, a small kitchen and bathroom and fold-out bed in the living room. And, and that's where we started our life in Utah. So, what I think is really interesting is, so you get married young. You get yep. married by 18, have a kid shortly after. Just as, and you, it sounds like obviously coming out of that time in history, you just worked hard, right? That's just what you did. That's what I did. Yeah. So... Uh, and you may not have thought about this much, but during that time, just as a guy, what was going through your head? Was it like, I just need to provide, I need to get an education, uh, I need to work? Like, what was kind of going through your head a little bit? Well, I knew I wanted to go to college. I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to be. Uh, but uh, Jerry Jansen, who was the classmate that influenced me, uh, I wanted to be in the medical field. I had in my head I wanted to be a doctor, mm. but uh, the more, I, you know, that, that was expensive. I didn't know how I was going to do that. My folks didn't have that kind of money. They'd have done anything to get me there. Sure, sure. But pharmacy appealed to me, and uh, so we both applied and both made it. There was uh, uh, 27 in our freshman class, and two of us were from the same place in California, you know. <laughs> But uh, I didn't have much to do with Jerry in those years because his life was different, you yeah. know, yeah. totally different. You're married, you have a young kid, yeah. trying to survive. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it was good times. It was hard work. Uh, uh, the college was not easy. Mm. It, was not, it, was, it was tough for me. I had to work at it. I didn't sleep a lot, it doesn't, as I remember. <laughs> But I was still working full-time, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, it's pretty hard. To, um, yeah. I, I, the very first day that I went to, to school, to mm -hmm. college, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it had been snowing, and my my <laughs> old 88 was sitting on the curb out in front of the apartment house, and um, the road wasn't flat. It had the—and so it was against the curb, and an old 88 is not something you want in the snow. <laughs> There's a lot of torques at the rear oils. I couldn't get the damn car away from the curb. And so I asked Sally to come down, and um, I, I told her to get in. I said, just just kind of touch it. I'm going to get in back, and I'm going to kind of try to rock it. Yeah, yeah. And As I, you do when you're stuck, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, she gunned it. And I, got a, I got a mud bath, snow, everything else, and I was just ready to go to my first class. Uh, anyway, that was that was it. That's how it started. I wasn't laughing at the time, <laughs> but uh, I can only imagine looking back on it. You're like, yeah, but that what car, a funny that way to car start. was not built for snow, but but started the routine of classes, and it was a hard time. It was a hard time for Sally because, uh, gosh, I was just never there. You know, yeah. what if I was home, I was studying and yeah. so forth, and well, uh, no family. Young baby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's very challenging. Yeah. But um, good experience. I met some um, really neat people. In fact, um, eventually, uh, 
Uh, I met a brothers that owned, uh, their dad owned a pharmacy or a, a little grocery store down on uh, West Temple here in Utah. And Gus and Tom Soterio and uh, we became friends. And uh, as time went on, we we always bought our groceries and stuff from them. And uh, uh, they were really good friends. They kind of led us through a lot of uh, hard times. Uh, Greek people, very nice people, you know. But got through the school. I studied a lot with those guys because they were working hours in their store. And so we had a group of guys that were all had to work and go to school. And so we spent a lot of time keeping each other awake at nights. Test test nights, we usually didn't sleep at all. We'd study all night and go right to class. But it was a good environment because they were in the, we were all workers. We all knew what we had to do. Yeah, yeah. Good group of guys. Uh, great experience. They, they were lifelong friends. They're both gone now. Most of my friends at my age are gone, <laughs> my early friends. Sure, you know. sure, yeah. But um, were, were any of them married? Tommy never got married. Gus did, but uh, they were uh, Greek people or neat people. I, I Different traits, different way of life. I remember the first time uh, I went over to pick Gus up to go to college, uh, up to the school, uh, he wanted me to come in and meet his mom and dad. They didn't speak English. And, uh where was uh, where was Gus from? Uh, they were from Salt Lake. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she handed me a little glass full of clear liquid. I didn't know what it was, and <laughs> and and I looked at Gus, and he says, y- "You're gonna have to drink it, Hank. You're gonna have to drink it." <laughs> okay, so I drank it, and uh, it was pretty stout. <laughs> What was it? Do you remember? It was booze. Booze of some sort, yeah. <laughs> anyway, something that they, they I, I think they made it. I'm not sure, but. I feel like that's a, a tradition in Eastern European countries. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's funny. But that's uh, really not what you want when you go to call, when you <laughs> go to class. Anyway. That's great. But they supported, they supported us a lot. The college was tough for me. It was tough. A lot of work, uh, a lot of uh, late hours. Loss of sleep, uh, cold, but it was an experience I'll never forget, or I'm grateful for. Uh, I learned a lot besides pharmacy, sure. you know, survival. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned that they mentioned that college was tough. Um, what kept you going, like through this? I, I just, I just was not going to return to California without a degree. You were Absolutely, determined. was yeah. not going to. Yeah, no way I was going to fail, and it was a tough road for me. It wasn't where my aptitudes were, uh, naturally, you know, and uh, the math and the, all the chemistry and all that stuff was not easy for me. But you can get through anything if you need to. Totally, and I did. Yeah, yeah. So, did you have um, your second child before? I'm assuming you had your second or third child before college was over as well. Uh, no, we just had Jeannie. Okay. And then, uh, then uh, when we got back, uh, came back to to uh, California, and of course, then we started having more family, and uh, ended up with the uh, the six girls plus plus one more girl that 
Joyce, who joined us uh, in later years. Uh, yeah. She had a rocky relationship with uh, her her parents, and uh, she uh, became our number seven daughter. Mm-hmm. And you met her in high school, and uh, so we had all those girls. Yeah. So you finished college. You go back to California. Back to California. Um, how long were you in California before you came back to Utah? Uh, I have to stop and think. Uh, I graduated in 57, and uh, we opened the, came back to Utah and opened the store in 61. Okay. The pharmacy. And it was Gus and Tom, the, the college buddies that owned the grocery store. Uh, by then, uh, they were both pharmacists, and they had converted the, the little family grocery store on Broadway and included a pharmacy. But anyway, they, um, they were instrumental in uh, helping us a lot get through the tough parts. And uh, great friends, Greek people, are, are uh, I have a high regard for them. I, in fact, I live... There's a lady in my where I live now that is Greek that I'm very close to. She's an older lady, older than me. She's just a good friend. She's always checking on me. And so yeah, yeah. That's anyway, good. we uh, went back to California. I had a had a great job in uh, West Sacramento Pharmacy. Another brother-in-law on Sally's side actually got me that job. One day I was working there when I got a call from Gus and said uh, he knew I wanted my own business. And uh, one day he called and said, uh, I've got a store for you, Salt Lake, of course, and uh, so I want you to come back and, and look at the location. And it was, gonna, it was a new location out on 70th South, and uh, so I flew back and looked at it. And of course, I liked Utah by then. I, I liked it a lot. And I, I still had a lot of friends there. And, sure. and that's how I finally ended up with uh, Cottonwood Heights Pharmacy. And uh, <laughs> I told him, I, I told Gus, I said, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't have the finances to do this. Yeah. And he said, you do. <laughs> you do. So he kind of they 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 bankrolled me to get get yeah. into it. Great store, great opportunity. It came to love Utah, really did. Yeah, miss California because of family, but sure. because it's a big family. Mom was from a family of nine. I was the firstborn son and boy. My uh, one uncle, his exact words when I was born, I was told was he told my dad. Uh, Excuse the expression, but he said, uh, you're the uh, luckiest son of a bitch in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, so did you have all of your girls before you moved back to Utah to start your business? Uh, no, no, no. We, we started having, let's see, I'm trying to think. Uh, Anne, Karen were, were the ones uh, born here. But... Uh, Utah's been good to me. I, uh, you know, I've obviously gone back to California a lot of times. Uh, of course, usually it's to go to, you know, visit my parents and always go to Tahoe and that kind of stuff. That was, we had a cabin there. My my dad, my uncle built a 
uh, bought a cabin that had a tree cut off a whole corner of the cabin. It was an old cabin. And my, my dad and my uncle bought that cabin for $100. You don't own land in Tahoe. You lease oh, it from the state. Interesting. But it was in terrible condition, of course. And so over time, they rebuilt the cabin and so forth. And that's my love for Tahoe that I have and the good times we had up there. But yeah. anyway, another story. <laughs> So you end up having six girls. What was it like being a dad of all girls? It's great. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. It was great though. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, really close to all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it was uh, it was an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. The, the bathrooms were always busy. <laughs> I, I, I tell them, you know, I need to come in and shave. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm just trying to go pee or I'm trying to shave. And there's <laughs> six girls in there for sure. I wouldn't trade it for anything. How do you think that uh, having having six girls, how do you think that shaped you as a man versus maybe having some boys or whatever? You know, I always thought I would have a boy. It wasn't that I was disappointed that I, sure, you know, but uh, the girls were fun. You know, uh, I always had in the back of my mind there would be a son, mm. but uh, my uh, our doctor told me, Dr. Stevenson said that uh, you're a specialist. <laughs> <laughs> you're a specialist. I love it. <laughs> what would you say, let's just start here. So when it comes to parenting, especially, you know, six, seven girls, what was the number one thing that you learned? that you would share with somebody else? We always had a great relationship with our kids. Uh, they were our, our life, you know, and uh, I wouldn't trade any part of it. You know, I always thought I was going to have a boy, but uh, I don't know. That was just a natural thing, you know. I love sports and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But, uh, no, having the girls was a blast, and it was uh, wouldn't change uh, any of it. What an experience. Yeah. What an experience. What would you say, um, did you have, was there a challenge that you experienced during that time that you didn't expect? Maybe. Oh, there were a lot of challenges, you know. Uh, you know, life has its ups and downs, and uh, uh, I was always pushing myself to, I wanted the the education. I I wanted my own business. I uh, I wanted to provide. I wanted a nice home, but that wasn't hard for me because uh, I was always willing to do what was necessary. Always did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I had a <clears throat> my uh, when I was accepted to the university, um, and I had my first meeting with a professor that. Uh, when he looked over my uh, resume when I when I first came to the U, and uh, he said, "You don't have the qualifications for the sciences." He said, "You should be an English teacher." Wow. He says, "You, you, that's where your expertise is." Yeah. And I looked at him and I said, uh, "I was accepted into the College of Pharmacy," and he was one of the professors. 
And I says, if I wanted to be an English teacher, I would have done it. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I said, and he said, well, you, you'll never make it. Wow. He said, you, and I said, well, let me decide that. Yeah. And I says, but it was a kind of a challenge. Well, it was a challenge, you know, but, uh, and, and he was right in a sense, you know, uh, the sciences were not easy for me. I had to work at it, chemistry and all that garbage, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you put your mind to something, you can do it, yeah. you know. Well, well, clearly it worked out okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how long did you have your business? Oh, Cottonwood Heights? Yeah. Uh, what was it? Probably, uh, I have trouble with. You're good. Memory. No worries. Anyway, uh, we had it better than 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, uh, there was a uh, there was a guy that had an opportunity for this location, Cottonwood Heights, uh, that was also Greek, and uh, he had first shot at that at that uh, location because the the uh, real estate people were Greek, and he he already had a store up in Bountiful, but he came down and looked at the location and. Uh, uh, then he went up to the university and talked to uh, the dean of the College of Business, and they went over the location and everything. And it was recommended to him that he not accept that location because it would it wouldn't it was too far south and it didn't have enough uh, population, hmm. not enough. Uh, Growth yeah. going south. It's just funny to think about now. It's like oh, nothing could be further from the truth. But but I saw it in a different light. Yeah. You know, I, I saw it. And my, uh, the Greek boys were behind me all the way too and uh, accepted the challenge and came back. I wouldn't change a bit of it. It was, uh, and of course, look at it now, you know. Yeah, yeah. But Cottonwood it's, Heights was a... A great store. It was a great business because of the girls, too. They all grew up in and through all of that, and they all worked in the store when they were able to. Uh, I'll tell you one cute story. When Ann was, uh, I'm not sure what she was, six or seven years old, and, and she was starting to work the cash register. And one day I'm typing the label back there, and... Uh, this there was a mink rancher that used to come in all the time, and I mentioned him because you could smell him when he walked in the store. <laughs> smell him a mile away. <laughs> I I sent somebody in front of me, and I looked up, and he said, uh, "There's a little tiny girl up there that just waited on me, little tiny girl, and she rang up my sale, and Anne was only." six or seven years old. Yeah. I, I said, yeah, that's one of my daughters. He said, she rang it up. She knew how to do it. She made change. And I said, yeah. He was so tickled that this little tiny girl up there was. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. I love it, that. It, it was, uh, the clientele out in Conwood Heights was just an awesome clientele. And we kind of grew together. It was, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. A lot of great people. The girls, uh, uh, I say your girls, but my mother-in-law and her sisters always tell me the best stories of 
just growing up there, getting to be around you, you know, kind of being a little bit of a family business, you know, um, they always tell me such fond memories of, uh, of that time. So, what, you know, yeah, you ahead. know, Sally used to, you know, on like Christmas Eve, uh, Sally would always prepare this big feast and bring it down and in the back room, folding tables and have full turkey dinner for people that come in the store. And yeah. Of course, they all came in to visit a lot of time. And then, and that's the kind of clientele we had. And it yeah. was just awesome presentation and for the, for the, for the people in the area, and and uh, it was just a family-oriented store, and the people love that, you know. Yeah. Well, I think uh, what's funny is is chemistry, math, that may not have been your forte, but people are. You know, you're such a good people person, and I think that 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 is what um, I hear so often is missing in medicine, whether it be pharmacist, a doctor, whatever is people that care about one another. So having having the relationship with these people they all became friends, you know. Yeah. Like the uh, drug salesman my my store became kind of the focal point in uh they all gathered at my store. They came in always for coffee in the back room. The coffee pot was always going. <laughs> and and there was just a gathering place. So sometimes there'd be three or four or six salesmen wow. in the wow. back room, you know. We just yeah. had a lot of fun all the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you, did you ever, during this time, you know, when you're going to college, when you're having a family, um, did you ever say like, was there ever any a, a point in time where you're like, these are going to be the values that I live by? Uh, was there ever a conscious point that you made that decision? No, <clears throat> you'd have to understand my mom and dad and and my the big family on my my mom's side. Uh, we were all very common folks. We 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 were. Fun-loving. Uh, Salt of the earth. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just down-to-earth people. And uh, that's what I grew up with. And my dad was, mom and dad were just phenomenal people. And my dad was uh, a big tease. And uh, and I went everywhere with him. And, and uh, it wasn't a conscious thought of who I was. I became what I was because what I was surrounded with. Totally. Yeah. You know, it was just, uh, we were always together, the family, you know. they There was drinking going on at times with some of my the family and some not. My grandpa was a very uh, dedicated Mormon, and uh, he didn't condone any of this, but my <laughs> uncles and the aunts and uncles, they liked to tip a few, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it was uh, no, just a way of living, you know. It was, it was. I grew up with with a lot of laughter and a lot of fun things and trips to Tahoe and yeah. ball games and all kinds of stuff, you know. So it was. Uh, it was it came very natural for me to make friends with these people that came in, and it, it became a gathering point. Uh, even for the salesmen, yeah, they yeah. were always in there with the coffee pot going, and 
just a lot of great friends, a lot of great times. I love that. So, um, so we're at the end of the first episode. Okay. I want to hear about the next phase of your life because I know that that has such an immense importance to you. So will you stick around for another little bit so we can talk about that? Sure. Okay, great. All right, guys, that's been episode 70 with our man, Hank. Um, Make sure to tune in to episode 71 um, where we kind of hear the next phase of his life. It's very powerful just the way uh, that I would say observing it, God moved and kind of, I would say, fulfilled some of those areas in your life. Um, So make sure you tune in next week for episode 71. All right, we're out.